Danielle. And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the adventure show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with and sometimes depart from God's in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Dun 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 that's good, Kristen. Yeah, so... Oh, I supposed to say hi? Well, remember, that was our original intro idea. That you was... were just going to sing it. No, that you did sing it at the top of your lungs. Acapella. Did we do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'm so yeah. cool. Right. Hi. I don't know why we scrapped it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Prophetic Imagination Station, season three, where we're talking about... A series called The Ties That Bind. And Crispin, why did Focus on the Family put out this series in 2014? <laughs> yeah, I like that you ask it like it's a really obvious question. It is an obvious question. <laughs> uh, because they felt like they were losing evangelicals, were le- losing political power, and they needed to talk to a younger generation about how to regain that political power. Uh, I think really it's about... Addressing issues of sexuality and gender with your children. Oh, right. 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 Veritas project. The truth. And all that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is this is obviously about issues regarding and surrounding LGBTQ, but in this entire 14 episode arc, they never once mentioned the words gay, lesbian, homosexual, anything, anything. Right. So it's very awkward. Um, to talk about these things without talking about them. And I bet kids don't understand a word that's going on, to be perfectly honest. One way to do it is to talk about things with pointed nibs. Oh my gosh. Go Stop back. with the pointed nibs references. <laughs> I hope you guys survived our last episode. It was awkward. Okay, season three. It's your turn to recap, Kristen. Okay. What happens in season three? So Not base- season three, episode three. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Kristen. Kristen. All right, so- what happens in episode three? In 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay. And so basically there's this family that I want to call the Jacksons, but it's not. And the Parkers. They, the Parkers. And they are getting ready to go to church, but then they're arguing about going to church. And then Connie and Jules hang out, and then they, they talk about... Um, I can't remember. Oh, they talk about church. Wooten talks to his cousin also about church. All these people trying to get other people to go to church. And the Parkers uh, need to have a family meeting in part because they want to talk about Miss Adelaide and the poster and why inclusivity is bad. But also to talk about how they can be a better family and spend more time together. Yeah. And then they have a family meeting. Okay, that's good. Church, church, church. Lots of church. Right? Yes. And family time. And Oh, yeah, family. All right. So the first voice we hear in this episode is the father of the Parker family. And you were so excited to reveal to me who this was, weren't you, yes. Chrisman? Should we put a clip of it in right here? And see if okay. people can guess. At this rate, we'll only be five minutes late for Sunday school. Should we give some hints? Well, we already said this is somebody who has been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Right, yes. <laughs> and The Good Place. Mm-hmm. So it is... Mark Evan Jackson, who 
we love. And I personally love him. Um, I mean, obviously because of the shows he's in, but he has a podcast he does about The Good Place, which is like the best podcast I've ever listened to and I'm obsessed with. So you guys should all go listen to that podcast. And I love his voice. He's so weird. He's a big, fat weirdo. And it was shocking to hear him on an episode of Adventures in Odyssey, right? Particularly on an album about sexuality. Yeah. Can we look up how many episodes he's been on? Um, yeah. Look it up on the wiki. Anyways, that was the big tease from last week. And Crispin, can I do a little segment here where mm-hmm. we talk about voice actors yes. in Adventures in Odyssey? So I went down a little rabbit trail because of the Mark Evan Jackson thing. And Crispin, you can talk a little bit about why it's really weird that he's on <laughs> this series. And he's in like, what, three episodes total for the uh, time of mind? Actually, looks like he is... Okay, so yes, on the ties that bind, he's on three episodes. Three out of fourteen. Right, yeah. So he actually um, was has been on twenty three Adventures in Odyssey <gasps> episodes. Uh, most recently, one that was originally aired April twenty second, two thousand seventeen. Oh my gosh! So he just keeps. I mean, I think That's a he lot. he has a character that he has to keep up. I guess David Parker is that his character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, we have Mark Evan Jackson, and then I just was, like, looking at all of them. Uh, the guy who does the voice of Eugene Meltzer, which, you know I love Eugene. I really like him. Um, guess how old he is, Crispin? He is 45. He is 79 years what? old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I kid you not. So 79! <laughs> What's going to... What's going to happen? <laughs> well, he he's going to go the way of retires. Mr. Whitaker. That's true. I think that will be, I don't know, I mean, you'd think that would have been a significant time for Mr. Whitaker, which it was, The Search for Wit, for those that remember that album. But yeah, I mean, that would be a really big thing to lose Eugene's voice. Yeah, he's so his name's Will Ryan. He's a pretty famous voice actor. He has voiced some things in like Winnie the Pooh and lots of different things, but he was also Petrie. In the Land Before Time, which was very important in my childhood. And now she wants to tell a story that she should not, you, that you don't You don't want, want me tell. to tell it on this podcast, Crispin? Go for it. Do you guys want to go down the Land Before Time rabbit hole and Don Bluth animation films and how there's a darkness underneath? Okay, we're doing this. So Wait, when you say a darkness underneath, is this like a Frank Peretti darkness yeah. underneath? Oh, yeah. Tying <laughs> it all together. So I was born in 84, so Don Bluth movies mean a lot to me, right? Um, and so the guy who plays Eugene plays the voice of Petrie, this little flying pterodactyl in The Land Before Time. The girl who plays Ducky, she actually was a little girl. She, you know, she has like a little girl voice. She is also the girl, I want to say her name's Darla or something like that, in All Dogs Go to Heaven, which was a movie I was obsessed with as a child. We should do a whole podcast about that because that's a messed up movie, yet at least it talks about mortality, which I love. Um, but this little girl played both those characters, and before The Land Before Time even came out, this little girl, I think she was eight years old, she'd been killed by her father. He killed her and her mother in, like, a domestic violence assault before the movie even came out. Ducky. Isn't that terrifying? You can look right. up her grave on the internet, and it says, yup, 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 on it. And I can never forget that fact. I'm sorry I just had to share that with you all, but I did. Because we're talking about voiceover actors here and how weird it is. Yeah. It is 
Yeah, I occasionally on like kids programs and stuff that our kids are watching will catch. I don't be like, oh, that's like someone from Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> Please keep a note, Nathan <laughs> Evans. Okay, I will. And that concludes Danielle's weird voiceover tidbits for today. I have more, but I'll I'll sprinkle them throughout okay. the season. Yeah, seventy nine year old Eugene Meltzner. Mm-hmm. That is so bizarre. Oh, it's so weird. Is he ever going to retire? No. Right. Just uses his voice. What's the deal? It's not a big deal. Sure. Okay. What are we supposed to talk about next? So, um... We talk about what's good, or do we do something else? Yeah, we talk about what's good. You have to go first. Um, so I'm glad that they talked about Sabbath. Did they say the word Sabbath? No. But... Day of had... rest. They said day of rest. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, they talked about Sunday. Yeah. And respect for God. The seventh day. The Lord rested on the seventh day. Yeah. Which they assumed we all knew was Sunday. Mm-hmm. But that's so. not really what it was for many, many years. But anyways. Right. So that's good. Okay. Right? And that is, we'll talk a little bit about resisting empire and how Sabbath is important to that. Yeah. That's not what they said, but that's what I say. Well, that's what Walter Brueggemann says. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Uh, I like Mark Evan Jackson's dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. So at one point he says, they're having a family meeting, and uh-huh. he says, Where's my gavel? Now, has he, I feel like at one point in The Good Place, he acted as though he were a judge and had a gavel. No, he's, I mean, he's Sean the Demon. He's not I know, but like before. I don't remember. We'll okay. have to look that up. Right, yeah. Because I was like, I just had this vision of him holding a gavel. He looks like a judge, I guess. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Um, so also, Mr. Whitaker wasn't in the episode. That's a plus for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, we sadly don't have a witsplane. We do. We will get to that. I will <laughs> okay. tell you what the witsplane is, even though he's not in the okay. episode, okay? I've got it figured out. That makes me really happy okay. to hear that we're not <laughs> skipping that segment. <laughs> the witsplaining is all around, right. actually. So what really struck me is that uh, Parker's, I want to call him Parker Jackson, David Parker, his wife, right? Mark Parker Jackson Evans. <laughs> yes, the, the, the parent of these two kids, right? The father in this family. He has three kids. Okay. Who's carefully listening now? <laughs> so his wife, whose name I can't remember. Somebody, somebody. Is a nurse, right? And I, this, I blanked out. She's so boring. Right. And it's this kerfluffle about, like, Sunday and, like, everybody has plans on Sunday. And he says to her, like, how could you work on Sunday? No, she says that to him. No, but he also says it to her. Oh, okay. okay. Right? She's like, I'm on call or something like that. And he's like, on a Sunday? But I'm like, nurses, like, yeah. people are in the hospital on Sunday. And he has to take a client meeting on Sunday. Yes, right. And then the kids have to do homework with friends so it's this whole thing of like we don't and then they're fighting together yeah on the way to church which seems like the sin that is most confessed by pastors in front of their congregations <gasps> yes because i was gonna say this is a trope this is totally a trope like mm-hmm. the christian family who fights on the way to church yeah which is like that's totally happened to us but like our kids fight all the time <laughs> like that's not a weird thing like it's true and we get frustrated at them often, not just going to church, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, 
I realized I am the trope. I did announcements last Sunday. Oh, no. And I talked about having a battle with our son about bringing his giant uh, stormtrooper toy into the classroom or not. And I wasn't oh sure gosh. if I was going to make it to the stage in time. You're such a Mark Evan Jackson Parker. It's <laughs> right. amazing. Yeah, so, I mean... The stakes are pretty low. They didn't even really fight, but all the kids are like, we're so tense, we're so tense, we're so tense. Why are we always so tense? We're not tense. Why are you saying we're tense? It feels tense to me. We're getting tense talking about how we're not tense. And they're just setting up this storyline where they're like, it's because we never hang out as a family. Like, that's why we're really tense. And our Sundays are like, everybody's doing their own thing and, you know, whatever. So, to me, it's like a boring, normal Adventures in Odyssey episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And so they talk about that feeds into then Jules and Connie talk about their church plans. Right. Mm-hmm. So Jules is Connie's younger sister. And half sister? Half sister. Okay. Right, yeah. Kind of estranged. Mm-hmm. And Jules is like a cool, like outsider, like sort of dead inside, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the vibe they're yeah. going for mm-hmm. with Jules? Right, yeah. 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 Spends a lot of time on face space. Face space. Oh yeah. And she's like chatting with people. Right, yeah. On her tablet, or I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever. Right, but she says that, so, well, for one, they're at this diner and they're talking about, like, fabricated restaurants that pretend like they're fake, or seem like they're real, but they're actually fake. All of the restaurants around my house are fabricated. Fake Italian, fake Australian, fake Mexican, all made to look authentic. By the way, is some of our favorite kinds of restaurants. Oh, yeah. Uh, I made me think of Disneyland when they were talking about right. that. And I love me some Disney. Exactly. Which is very out of character, and I embrace it wholeheartedly because I contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking about. It's like it's Disneyland. Disney. Um, and so Jules basically is like, this is what churches are. It's so fake, right? And, and like people like dress up to go to it, and mm-hmm. they're basically like fanboys and girls of like comic cons you know like right. same kind of deal all decorated and organized to make something fake seem authentic mm-hmm. which is interesting right yeah and then they didn't really like develop this at all well i thought it was interesting because connie was like oh so you're calling my church fake so you think my church is fabricated and jules is like i'm just telling you how it felt and i was like yeah you should listen to someone who's unchurched who goes to your church and says this feels weird and fake and made up also I do want to point out that before they had this conversation in the diner, Connie was like, would you go to church? So the conversation was after church. The conversation right before that was Connie being like, you kind of have to go to church with me because you're living with me. And it was like weird. And then Jules was sort of like, what even is the point of church? She's like, is it sort of like an accountability group? You know, like, don't you need like an accountability partner for like a rehab group? Is that why you need other people to go to church with you? Like an accountability partner for a rehab meeting. What would you know about that? And I was like, that's fascinating. Like, that's actually a great definition of a church, if you ask me. You know, you and I talk about this all the time. What is it you always say that you want the church to be? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking about with this episode is they don't really talk about what is the point of church. But I think the point of church is there. it should be this accountability group because if we live in our culture— Right? Culture wars. There we go. But really, like... If we're yeah. at war with the culture <laughs> around us. Right. But what we've thought about, for example, is, like, we've talked about... Well, we've talked about Dave Ramsey on this before. So right? Don't get me on that Kay. Dave Ramsey bullshit. But, <laughs> right. But basically, what I realized is um, that 
I really need a church that is going to help remind me of the values of the kingdom of God, right? And so in a culture that's always like work more, spend more, like save more for yourself, get a bigger house, like all these things that, that, and it's not always consumerism, right? So there's also like this, yeah, like the Dave Ramsey, like you need to like, you know, say like make sure that you have your retirement and you're well taken care of before you do anything else, Right, and I don't think that that actually matches up with the kingdom of God. So I need a community of people that are also committed to living selflessly and living counterculturally in that way, right? And yeah. so that's what I really think church is, like should be. Yeah, I think that's great. And so we have talked about it as like it's a rehab mm-hmm. for empire, right? right? So like empire values, we need to we need to be detoxing from the values you know specifically in our context like white evangelical americans we've just ex- absorbed a lot of the dominant culture narratives baptized them as christian and yeah we need to be in diverse christian community we need help we need partners we can't detox on our own and so i was like well jules actually has like the best description of church mm-hmm. like from from my end but they didn't really talk about that and then they didn't really listen to her when she was saying it's fake Right, fake to her, and it has this like authoritarian feel to it. It did for me, which is like you, like you should go to church, and if you don't want to go to church, it's because you're rebellious or something. Maybe I totally read all of that. Yeah, you did. You certainly did. But I did think it was interesting because Connie was talking about her and her mom would take turns not wanting to go, and then they'd have to like help each other go. And then yeah, like the Parker family is like we we're going to church. We'll talk after church and. And then Connie is, makes Jules go, and then Wooten, like, invites his cousin. Like, it would be so important to me if you go to church. That was, like, very – I don't know. I just really recognized that whole thing of, like, you just try and get people to go to church with you. Mm-hmm. And then what? What's supposed to happen? Well, then the pastor is supposed to, every Sunday, present the, like, right. the gospel message. It probably I, happens every once in a while. I think it does happen. It's not happen. definitely that. Right. But is that really what this is all about? Like, can you talk about Jesus on your own with your friend? Right, yeah. And then can you ask them to join a community? Yeah. Can you live life together in a way that is oriented around following Christ? Like, yeah, going to church as, like, a way as Christian discipleship doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Yeah, or as evangelism. No. Which is what it is. It's like you... You try to get your friends to go so that they can hear the gospel message, right? Yeah. But this is a totally normal Christian thing, and it just, I just, I don't think it works at all. Wait, what's, so you just said that even just going to church doesn't work for, in terms of discipleship, what do you mean? Right. So I think my ideal is it for it to be a rehab, right? And usually what it turns into is instead of service, um, right? And so someone, I was talking to them, they've been involved in like house churches for a long time, and they just recently attended a church service, like a, a bigger church service. And they're like, it was so bizarre. Like all the chairs are like all facing the stage. And like, we all have to like sit there and look at like the one dude up there, like talking and we don't get to know each other. And I asked a few people around me, like, do you know these people? I have certain friends. I go, and nobody knew each other. And I was like, yeah, exactly. It sucks. It's a service. Like I really, really struggle with going to church I mean, I don't think that's a secret. I don't go that often. I like to go and serve in nursery. I love to go and see all these cool people, and I see evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I know they're following Jesus, and I feel awesome knowing that there's people all over my city 
following Jesus, but yeah, we love actually, our church. We do. We love the people in the church so much, and we it's so don't encouraging. Love the church service. And I'm a pastor's kid. How many sermons have I sat through? I don't. I don't really feel the necessity to sit through another sermon exactly. Although I, I do want to learn from diverse voices, and so I, as long as there's like, I'm able to be under leadership that is diverse. I think that's that's really helpful for me, but. Yeah, the service thing, like, blah, that's not, I need it to be about our actual lives. And so I'm just encouraged by the people there, and I like I like to serve alongside people. But the service aspect, it's not changing any of my neighbor's lives, you know? They would hate. They wouldn't go. Right, <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't get it. They wouldn't like it. They would feel uncomfortable. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're not going to go. So we couldn't invite them to church. So, right. yeah, what do you do if you have a friend? Oh, wait, that's one of the questions we'll ask at the end, right? Well, Wooten, yeah, uh, is so at com- he gets interviewed by his cousin uh-huh. at Comic Con Connellsville. Okay, and um, so then one of the questions is like, why does your why do all your stories have a moral to them? Yeah, right. And, and what's his response? Well, here's the wit splain of the episode. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Because he he says I've been influenced by a man named John Avery Whitaker. Who said, wait, what did he say? Okay, there's a man in Odyssey named John Avery Whitaker who taught me that it's not enough to entertain, but to use entertainment to inform and hopefully inspire people. And that's what I try to do. That it's not enough to entertain, but we have to inform and inspire. Like, that's the point of his art in in comic books. Like, it's not enough to entertain. That's not enough. That's not Christian response to art. It has to inform and inspire. Which I thought was extremely telling. So that's a wit splain for you right there. That's that's there how go. a Christian has to approach art. Which I want to be fair and say I kind of agree, but I know. <laughs> I knew a, you would because you're an Enneagram one. Right. But I know that I'm probably wrong a little bit, maybe. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. I think that this fits... I, I was trying to like tease this out a little bit because it fits with this idea of um, of evangelicals wanting to hold power, right? And so, like on its own, if Wooten wants to make art that reflects his values and the way that he sees the world, I think that's good, right? But like, think about like Francis Schaeffer, right? And that era of evangelicals that were like, we're gonna all seek positions of power, whether it's government or media or art or whatever. Would they say power or would they say influence? Influence. So, I mean, that's a question. What's the difference between influence and control? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, and I, and I think that it's, um, probably one thing that comes to mind is it's not with a, I'm probably assuming the worst. I'm not really giving the benefit of the doubt, but it's not like, here's my piece of this community that I'm joining and here's my viewpoint. It's like, I'm going to try to make my viewpoint dominant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, we do not have time to talk about the topic of art in this episode, but it's worth thinking like 
how we, if you were raised Christian or evangelical in particular, you know, how were you raised to approach art? I think I got this hook, line, and sinker, and I've I really noticed my own writing post uh, 2016 election. I have gone, you know, really into trying to educate and change and reform. Um, specifically around issues relating to my neighbors, like, um, you know, immigration and refugees, because it's, it's horrible out here. Horrible things are happening. Lives have been destroyed. Like, so yes, if I have a bit of influence, I want to use it to inform and I guess inspire change. Right. So I'm like, yes, Mr. Mm -hmm. Whitaker. (laughs) But what's fascinating is that this was said in the conversation of Wooten, like having a moral viewpoint with his comics and he's saying, like, I'm making a comic about a family, a father, a mother, and two children, and they all like each other. And this is, like, a strong moral stance and viewpoint. Like, that's – so that is the conflict that this series is setting up, right? The traditional nuclear Christian moral family is, like, in danger, especially in media representation, right? And so – and you're going to be persecuted if you are – silly and naive enough to like even talk about the family being this way. Right. Isn't that a theme right. we yeah, see yeah. over and over mm-hmm. again? So yeah, we'll so, come to it later. So that's sure. what's annoying is like the great moral viewpoint, you know, is about the traditional family. And I'm saying, well, you know, mine revolves around neighbor love and refugees and immigrants and loving the strange, you know, and they don't really have any episodes on that, do they? Yeah. Right. No. And I was thinking about that. Right. So it's this, Detective family where they're all different and then they come together to form one detective. So I'm like, is that like them trying to give this metaphor for heterosexual marriage? Because it, it that sounds, in fact, like Tim Otto in his book Oriented to Faith, uh, when he's talking about this, he says like there is this idea that that might be one of the stronger cases for um, traditionalist marriage, like a traditionalist yeah. viewpoint. Right, is that like there is a diversity that comes together to form one, right? But also at the same time, he makes the point like, but then there's also like diversity within the world and the church. And if we're excluding certain people, then we're actually we're more homogenous, yeah, right? So I don't know, it, it, it really did seem like that was like the kind of subversive or like metaphorical point they were trying to make, he was trying to make there. I think, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm just saying, like, this is the norm. This is God's design. Everybody knows it, and yet our culture is turned. Mm -hmm. You know? That's more what I get out of it. But, yeah, so, like, the family was obviously the focus (laughs) of this episode. Um, Get it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, so then we go back to the Parkers, and they're having their family meeting, which I couldn't decide, was this a Democratic family meeting or was the dad always going to say they're going to now have Sundays as a family day and they have to agree or not? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, it probably was not Democratic because that is what how God designed families Exactly. So, like, the dad's like, okay, we've decided we're going to have a family day on Sundays and, you know, we don't have to do homework. And the kids are, like, sort of excited but also sort of like, what, we're just going to hang out together? Right. The whole and, day. Yeah. And also, he's like, well, you have to get the homework done before. Well, that means you'll have to finish it all before Sunday. Aww. Aww. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is, I thought the end discussion actually had a lot to unpack, which is mm-hmm. interesting because they just kept saying, like, Sunday is supposed to be 
a family day. And he says something about how people used to celebrate Sundays, the Lord's Day. There was a time when Sundays were kept special by everybody. Businesses wouldn't open. People avoided doing their normal work out of respect for God. Did you pick up on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did he say? Yeah, he was like, they're, they're, um, everyone used to take Sunday off out of respect for God. Right? What do you think, yeah, what do you think he... Like, business would, would close. Right. So, he was obviously hearkening back to what? 1940s, 1950s. Yeah, no, that is literally like went through what went through my head. So when businesses would be closed on Sunday, and I, it made me think of uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder because in her Little House on the Prairie book, she like hated the Sabbath because it was so boring and they weren't even allowed to read books and like they just sat around and they could only read the Bible. And I think there's like one other book they could look at. It just the way she wrote about it made it seem so miserable. Like, it is lodged in my brain. And that's what I thought of when he was like, well, back in the day, everyone had respect for God. And it's just like, really? Everyone did? Right. Uh, and just, you know, that longing to go back to this time, right? Right, yeah. Right. Well, he were... can just only shop at Chick-fil-A then because they honor the Lord's Day, right. as we've discovered because we've tried to go there on Sundays. That's the only time we ever have tried to go there. <laughs> it's on a Sunday, which I think is the Lord's work then, right? I guess so. I'm wanting a seat there. Okay. So, yeah, they don't actually say the word Sabbath, which I also think is telling. So do you really think God, and Chris at the very end of this episode is basically like, It's a good idea to make Sunday a special family day to help everyone get closer to each other again. Maybe that's why God wanted Sunday to be a day of rest in the first place. So we can get closer to him and those we love. But saying, yeah, like Sunday is a day, you know, for families to be together, to be close together, to be close to God, like to get close to each other, get close to God. Um, Is that what the Bible talks about Sabbath, Crispin? No, it is not. No. No. And also, by the way, if you are, this just always bugs me, but if you are, right, if, if you are united with Christ then there's no getting closer to God, right? There's this sense of, like, striving. Of, like, oh, Crispin, you're just going way off the rails <laughs> you, here. It just bothers you're me. You're freaking everybody out, man. <laughs> right, if if Chris is talking about Sunday being this day that you try to get closer to God, that doesn't really compute for me. But, I mean, it fits within, like, what I grew up with in evangelicalism. But, yeah, I think that Sunday is a day for rest, which is really, like, different, in, and especially, like, if you think about in terms of the way that sometimes we really end up striving in a church service or whatever. It, there is this, not always, but there, there's definitely celebration. Um, well, for different people, there's different things. But I get this sense sometimes of the striving to get closer, which is, like, that striving is sort of the opposite of rest. Like, when I think of rest, I think of just sitting and knowing that you're loved. Right, and not having to try harder or change or those sorts of things. And the other thing that came up is, like, I'm curious. So they're they're saying that that people don't uh, take the Sabbath off anymore because of they don't respect God. But I'd be curious. And busyness. They kind of mentioned that. Okay, right. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, it makes me think a lot about capitalism, and how that works, 
right? And so, I yeah, I would say that it's capitalism that has driven businesses to stay open on Sunday, right? I mean, just the way that we, like, our society works, yeah, right? Rest and taking time off is not rewarded or valued. Yeah. And I was also thinking about, like, what, like, even reflecting on my own life, I work during the week, during business hours, but it has not always been that way, right? Like, you have to get... For a lot of people, you have to get to a point where you have a career yeah. where you, before you can do that, right? And and then it makes me think about, like, well, why do people have to work on Sundays, right? And so there is this inequality in society where there are lots of people that have yeah. to work on Sundays because they have to make it financially. And also because, you know, I mean, I think probably the best example of that is, like, Walmart being open on Thanksgiving, right? And yeah. people that would maybe rather be at home with their families have to work because we have to sell flat screen TVs. And it's not like middle class people that have to do that. It's people that are struggling financially. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is they kind of normalize like a working family where both the parents are working, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but so like what I was thinking about is they're talking about the day of rest, being with your family, going to church, right? And in the Bible – Sabbath is actually introduced, right, to the Israelites as a way of being opposite of Pharaoh, right, and Egypt and how Egypt worked. And what did Egypt do? They enslaved people. They worked them literally to death. Um, They never stopped wanting to accrue more and more and more. They built more and more and more monuments to themselves. So God was like, no, we're not going to do this, right? We are going to take a day off of production, right? And hopefully that would also lead to uh, not consuming things as much, right? And so manna is another manifestation, I think, of this sort of like God and his economy being completely opposite to the ways of Pharaoh. And so the Jubilee laws. I mean, there's all these things, but Sabbath is not just a day of rest to try and get closer to God, like what you're saying, right? Sabbath is to say, no, we're not going to operate by the rules of the world, which are the rules of Pharaoh, where you work yourself to death and you work other people to death and you exploit other people, right? And you so profit you just said off that of them. Piece a lot better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go there. We both right. love Walter Brueggemann. Yeah, and we right. both got this from Walter Brueggemann in in a lot of his writings um you know he did actually write a book called Sabbath as Resistance which I cannot re- remember very much about except he talks about the tyranny of sports <laughs> oh right <laughs> Do you yeah that? Mm-hmm. I and definitely football remember that. and those things are not sabbath y'all okay right. watching a football game is tyranny and it's empire and it's pharaoh and I don't exactly remember why he said that but I agree I think he was more talking about uh, high schoolers in sports. Oh, taking your kids to sports. Yeah, right. It's not I, just high school now, Chris. Right, I know, no, no. Right, yeah. I mean, I think about that all the time. Like, I have uh, parents, you know, as a therapist, I have parents in my office. This is just ubiquitous, where they're like, we're so busy, I spend an hour driving my kid to this practice, and then they're there for two hours, and then we drive an hour home, and then by the time we eat dinner, it's 9 o'clock, and then by the, you know. And, and our poor children do nothing. <laughs> just because we read Walter Brueggemann, I'm sure that's it. Sure, that's the only reason we don't right. sign them up. It can't possibly be that we would hate driving them and sitting through all these things and paying them money for it. Right. No, we're just Sabbath people. One last thing. Uh-huh. Did you think that there was a problem that sat like their, you know, Sunday day of rest was focused on the family? 
I didn't no, even mean to do because that. Because <laughs> that's what the freaking organization is called. Right, but what do you do you find that problematic? Yes. In what way? What if you're single? Mm. What if you don't have kids? Right. What if you're estranged from family? What if right. you're a refugee and we're forced to leave your home? I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it excludes a lot of people. Right, definitely. I was thinking about that. I was also thinking about just, like, I think that Sabbath is a day of, like, resting as a community. Right? Well, and so seeing I think the just community that, like, flourish by saying we're not going to buy into Pharaoh's ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I think just focusing on your specific family. I it's supposed is. to, like, you're supposed to rest your animals and your fields and the creation. Like, yeah, it's very, it's so much bigger than a family. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so discussion booklet time. Okay. Should Sunday be any different from other days of the week? And if so, how, why? Well, I know how you like it to be different. Are you willing to share this on air? Talking about... Our Sabbath naps? (laughs) Nope. Okay. (laughs) Well, naps could be part of it, Camilla. They certainly were for my father. Let's move on. (laughs) We've talked enough about pointed nibs. <laughs> oh, I think we don't, like, I personally don't care if it's a Sunday, but we try and we we have a pretty chill life, actually. Wouldn't you say? On the weekends? Yeah. In particular? We are both driven introverts. Yes, we are. So, yeah, I mean, I think our downtime... Sometimes isn't downtime, but sometimes it is. We're working on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, and I think it is, it is really great to have a day to, I think, especially like be with our kids. Yeah. And just like not have, really have much of an agenda. Yeah. We like it. Yeah. Do you, can we move on to yeah, the next yeah. one? Do you have any friends like Jules who don't care about church and what can you say to them? Good for you. Thank you for blessing me with your honest answer that you thought it was a fake Disney-like place. I mean, we should be listening to people when they don't want to go to church and say why. That's my answer. Definitely. Yeah. And we should be living out the kingdom of God wherever we are. I mean, we, you and I, you know, go to church again to be encouraged by the people that are there, um... We can't live out our faith alone. We need people to help us on this journey. Um, but I, I also get that through books and podcasts too. But it, there's something really incredible about knowing there's people in your own city also, uh, you know, loving God and, and wanting to love other people. But none of our neighbors go to church, and they, and they never will. There's so many barriers to that. So we have just really moved beyond that view that nothing will change Unless they step foot inside a church service, right? Right, totally. Things will change. We talk about God all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Without needing to bring someone to a church service. I think another thing that comes up when I think about this and listening is I think we really need to change the narrative about people who stop going to church, that like grew up going to church, yeah. right? Because a lot of times it's like, well, they left the faith or they right. like whatever it is. And I think what's often overlooked is that for some people it's easy, but for a lot of people, like, they stop going to church because that's their way of surviving, yeah. right? And so, or, like, whatever it is. So I think, like, one common thing is, like, 
people go through like a significant trauma or something happens in their life and they can't quite make sense of it. And then they find that the church isn't a place that will help them make sense of that. Right. And so I think a lot of times it's like, oh, this person like went through something and now they've like left the faith because they didn't have enough faith in God. But I think if we were to listen, probably what happened was they were at this point where they really needed community and they really needed they needed something that church was not giving them. And it's like, well, if that if this isn't helping, why should I keep going? So, I mean, I think that's at least some people's experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Any other good questions? That's it. I think that's it. Uh, there's some weird s- stuff about... Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a question about visiting dangerous websites <laughs> in here, which we're not going to discuss, but I just like that it's really funny that they obviously were trying to cover all these things that parents should be talking to their kids yeah. about, right? Yeah. I feel like they just wove the face space in part so that like this would be like, talk to your kids about the internet, which is good. I feel like next time we record we just we just need to ask our children these questions and record their answers i mean they haven't listened to these episodes but it'd be hilarious to ask ravana what would you say to someone who doesn't want to go to church it'd be great <laughs> so maybe we'll do that next time yeah but thanks for listening wait oh so the just yeah so next time we're gonna go over a couple of episodes because we could not bear to go through some of the really boring parts yeah, so it'll be a double episode next time, but it won't be long. No. We'll cram it in there. Yeah, but there's going to be some like major... The nibs. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some major action happening. What do you mean action? <laughs> Not that kind of action. <laughs> I mean that there are people out there that don't believe in the way that God created things to be, and they are angry about it. There are feminazis? Uh, can we just... We're not going to throw it out there, but there is a a different term. They, they chose to not use the term feminazis. Which I grew up hearing on Rush Limbaugh all the time. Yes, but it's something along those lines. It's very similar. Yes. It's been inspired by that term. So stay tuned for next week when we talk about this group of people who have an agenda... And are possibly militant and emotional. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things that I just want to quote right now, but we need to wait until we get there. We need to wait. Right. Let's be patient. Let's wait on the Lord. Okay. Okay. So we'll look forward to talking next time. How can people, you know, like contact us? So you can email propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. I am checking it now. I was not for a little while, and I got two emails from people, and I felt real bad. Thank you for those emails. And we're on Twitter. Did you say that already? No, because you're the Twitter the Twitter. Person. Oh, okay. We're on Twitter. You're the Twitter bug. The P-I-S podcast, Prophetic Imagination. And we might be tweeting out some questions, so, I mean, follow us there. I now let's it. have a online discussion. About Avengers and Odyssey. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.